It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, John Wick 3, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother, Dusty. Dusty, what do you think about the title for this movie? It's quite a mouthful, huh? Parabellum. So, hey, dude, I just bought a Parabellum gun. Do you have a Parabellum gun? Never heard of one. Is that real? It absolutely is real. So, well, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more. So, uh, I have, I, I like having firearms, and I like shooting guns. They're just a lot of fun. And I bought a Parabellum gun. I didn't realize it was a Parabellum gun because I didn't know exactly. Uh, but after, after I did research and watched this movie and then did research on what Parabellum meant and all that sort of stuff, we see in the movie that it means prepare for war. Well, I think in like 1903, Parabellum was the word used that the, um, I can't remember the, oh, sorry, um, uh, the gentleman that made the nine millimeter cartridge. So there's different calibers of bullets that you can shoot a nine millimeter. There's a 40 caliber. There's a 45 ACP. There's a, a bunch of different ones. Like though I just three of like hundreds of them, but a nine millimeter is a very versatile and very like one of the most widely used guns is a nine millimeter. And the nine millimeter cartridge and the bullet put together when the creator made it, he called it the, I think it's like the nine, the nine millimeter parabellum. Like he called it the parabellum. So I bought a nine millimeter pistol and it's fantastic. It holds 19 rounds. I live in America, not in California. So I actually can't have a gun that has more than 10 rounds in it. So I have 19 rounds in the magazine plus one in the chamber. So I got with 20 rounds. These are the ones that um, John Wicks shoots with, with hundreds of bullets in each gun. But um, I love seeing him change the mags. But anyways, I bought a parabellum gun. You need to get one too. Uh, maybe at some point, man, I mean, I, I got two guns right now, you know, a shotgun and a home defense or home defense shotgun and one handgun, maybe more in the future, but that sounds pretty cool, man. You, did you buy it purposely after watching this movie or is it just a coincidence? No. So I, I, I also carry a gun on me all the time. I have a concealed weapons permit, which means took a class learned and I practice and stuff. So I always carry a pistol on me and really it's mainly just to protect my family. I want to make sure my, I can get my family away. You know, if something goes down like John Wick's, you know, running around shooting people, I can get my kid, my family away. But, um, so I have that in a 45 caliber cause there's less bullets. It's a smaller gun. Anyways, I bought this one because I wanted a full size gun in case there's like a zombie apocalypse in case like I have to battle like John Wick and my um, concealed carry gun only holds um, six in the magazine and one in the chamber. So it's seven. I was like, you know, what? I need a full size pistol, something that's got many, many more mag uh, rounds in the magazine. So 19 rounds in the magazine and one. And so I bought it before the I even knew the movie was coming out. So I, I think I, saw, I went out and shot it like um, two and a half weeks ago. This is before I realized John Wick was coming out or anything about Parabellum. But yes, so I, but I have a few different nine millimeter um, pistols and this is just one full size. It's the one that holds the most bullets. It's so awesome. Nice, man. But you know, I have to say you're making one of the biggest mistakes in the world carrying a gun around with you. I don't bother doing that. Instead, I keep a hardcover book and a horse with me at all times. Dude, that is all. You mean just shove it in somebody's mouth? That that um, that book. I know curb and, stomp with a book, huh? Dude, that is going to kill anybody and many people all at one time. Yeah, totally. I could save my whole family with a book, baby. <laughs> you know? But yeah, so I thought that was really neat. I, I remember when the movie came out, 
or I, I heard the title, you know, John Wick, uh, chapter three, Parabellum. I was like, what in the world does that mean? It's, I've never even, I've heard the word, but I had no clue what it meant. But obviously very, very cool that it's used and you can see it written out. I love the way that they do that and the visual effect of having it written out because it's in Latin. We don't know what it says. Yeah, really, really cool. Parabellum, prepare for war. Yeah, their use of subtitles, just like, you know, going back to part one, it's pretty cool. It makes it fun to watch these kinds of movies um, or these three movies, you know. And I'm really glad we chose this one because it blew my socks off. I did not think beyond part one and then part two, if you could get any more action packed and visceral and more cathartic, fun violence to watch, this movie pulled it off, man. I was blown away by it. It was super, super awesome. And I was kind of thinking, you know, from the very, very beginning, you, well, here, here's, here's two thoughts. Number one, you have an ebb and flow of the movie. You know, you can't have just constantly him uh, escaping death over and over again. Um, so you have ebb and flow and where he's, you know, on the, uh, going over to, um, uh, Casablanca meeting Halle Berry and all that sort of stuff. So you have ebb and flow of fighting and not fighting. But what I was kind of, I guess uh, the only, there, there might be a couple things I was let down, even though I, I really like the movie. I was kind of let down, or I guess I was more expecting a lot more, like, at the end of chapter two, where he, everybody, like, literally every single person he sees is trying to kill him over and over again. I thought the beginning would be like that, because he had an hour, and, you know, he's trying to run away. And But there were a few people, obviously, that tried to kill him, but it was, I was expecting, like, the it looked like the entire world is going to come down on it, but it didn't feel like that in the beginning. So I I think that was just, I, maybe my expectations just kind of let me down a little bit. So you wanted him to be basically commando taking on a whole army, the entire movie, or at least exactly. the first 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> you took the words right out yep. of my mouth. I thought this was almost like a commando type movie. Like literally the only thing that happens to him is he gets cut a couple times. Like the bullets hit him, which I understand the you know, the suit actually stops the bullet. Um, but it's very, very painful. It might break some ribs and stuff like that. But, um, literally he is at like better than commando, like taking on assassins, not just, you know, random, uh, Iranian guys or whoever, wherever they were, uh, uh like Hispanic Chinese guys or whatever. and Italians in commando. No, in commando. Oh, 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 it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, commando. My bad. Yeah. It was like Nicaraguans or something like that, you know, running with just, just spraying, praying and spraying and praying is what they call it. And just trying to hit commando. He's not in and Arnold Schwarzenegger obviously kills all of them. But anyways, so it was rather interesting. I like how they use the suit and they reemphasize it with Halle Berry shoots him. Um, reinstituted the idea that the suit is really what's keeping him alive. Like he's getting hit a lot. And so it's the suit that's basically stopping all the bullets. That's much better than commando where he's literally just everybody's missing, but he's hitting every single person. Yeah, totally. I, I I agree with that. Like this one is just so much more real, even though it's totally fake. If 10 guys is coming at you trying to kill you with guns and knives, you're probably dead in real life. But John Wick is able to pull it off. But, you know, I, I like I understand what you're saying about how you expected everybody in the world to be against him. But, you know, I'm thinking only 20, 30 percent of guys out there are involved in these gangs and assassins, you know, um, in real life, 20 to 30 percent of, of me walking around the mall. They're killers for real. So, um I, I, I like how this movie didn't have everybody coming after him, but instead you see the taxi driver knows who John Wick is. The people, um, as he was running up into the library, playing the music outside, they know who he is. I mean, he's walking past so many people are spotting him. I, I still like how there's plenty of underworld people in the world at large, you know, people that we would never suspect. Maybe these guys um, operating a little sushi joint out on the street. They're actually hired assassins, you know. 
I, I, yes, I think the way that they tell the story and it's just something that's really interesting and fun to learn about the normal world that we currently live in and flipping it to where there's an underworld or there's something that you don't normally see, but it's in plain sight, but you can't see it because they hide it. And there's a whole nother world out, you know, underneath it, kind of like the matrix, you know, the matrix is, is basically you have the entire world now, but in reality, we're all just in a bubble that we're just thinking all these thoughts. And so I really, really like the, the nuance of, Hey, you have the whole underworld and you have to learn all this new stuff about this underworld and you should be able to see it plain as day. But you know, I'm walking out of the theater. I'm like, who's, who's a killer? Like, where, yeah. is that homeless guy? Is he going to shoot me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool. I, I'm, I'm right down. I'm right with you there. And what I like is this movie um, doesn't have a lot of exposition. They don't explain things to you. You're just watching. You're immersed in the world. And then so you start to understand that there is this stuff out there as opposed to some movies. Um, uh, I, I can't think of an example offhand, but where they go into 10 minutes of explanation of what the world is, what is an adjudicator, what are these different hotels, um, that, like the Continental that are safe havens. I mean, they don't bother explaining that. They show you what everything in it is, is. And I, I they, they're like trusting you that you're a smart audience member. You don't need to be held by the hand. You just need to watch John Wick go through this world and bam, you understand every part of it. But they also do explain it in the storytelling. Like they, that's how they explain it is in telling the story. You get bits and pieces and you learn as you go, which is much more enjoyable than somebody like talking to the camera or a narrator or something like that. Um, so I wanted to bring up the nuances that were so much like the Matrix and not just this movie, but like all three. So did you know that the director of this movie, did you know what he, he's actually been a part of Keanu Reeves movies in the past? No, I actually didn't look up the directors or even the writers to see what their past is. No. So he was actually, so the director was actually Keanu Reeves' stunt double in The Matrix. Oh, really? Sweet. Yeah. Isn't that pretty? That's pretty crazy, huh? And yeah, so it is. there's some other nuances. Like, one, the scene inside the Continental where they're, you know, the, the, the guys in the suits, the armor, they're coming in and he kind of having to kill all of them. Super, super reminded me of the matrix scenes where he and Trinity go in and take out all those, um, you know, um, heavily armored security guys and to try to get the Morpheus out of the, you know, holding cell that the um, agents had him. And so that reminded me of that. What did you think? Did, did that remind you at all of the matrix? Oh, yeah, quite a few parts. And then just the exact scene that you're talking about totally reminded me of The Matrix. Makes me want to go watch it again, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So there are other, you know, let's, let's pick out who else was a part of The Matrix as well as um, inside of John Wick 3. So obviously, Connor Reeves, number one. Number two, Lawrence Fishburne, you know, Morpheus. Really, really cool. We, um, I just, I had to look it up, but another one was Tiger Hu Chen. So apparently he was in the Matrix as well. He was a like a, a karate guy inside of John Wick. But then also you have Randall Duck Kim. He's the key maker and he's the the doctor that's, you know, suits him or seals him up uh, five seconds before the time runs up and all that's that sort of stuff. That's the same guy? That is. That's the key maker. I, I saw him. I was like, he looks familiar. Where do I know him from? So he put on a yeah. little bit of weight, I guess. Yeah, but you could also tell. I mean, he's not a tall dude, um, but he's Japanese, a little shorter. But his voice is very deep, and you can mm-hmm. uh, when I when I saw him in the, in the Matrix Part Three as well as in this, you know, you can hear his voice. But you know, our dad, he's what five 
four maybe yeah but but his voice is very deep it's a it's like a, a, a natural japanese voice <laughs> it sounds so yep. awesome and so if everybody listening you and i are both half japanese our dad's japanese and so uh yeah so that's why you get um oh another person hearkening back to um the the avengers in um endgame you have the one guy that Hawkeye is fighting the main bad Japanese dude and his voice his voice is is very Japanese and it's it sounds really really cool and so all the Japanese people it's really cool having that that lower voice but the one that didn't was the main uh head bad guy that was you know the head assassin um the guy that played in only the strong you know the capoeira type yeah yeah his name is Mark DeCascos yeah. Yep. So he did not. He like, a little bit. You kind of hear him talking Japanese, but he his. Hey, I, I'm a big fan, John. I like, love totally that different. scene. <laughs> that was so good when you just talk to him like a fanboy. It was really funny. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally, man. Yeah, you know that's interesting. I I picked up on a few little John Wick and Matrix connections there, but you hit on a whole lot more. Was there anything else that I didn't pick up on? There was one other thing that was super awesome. It, I love it. It probably be my motto, but it's in uh, apparently in Keanu Reeves' uh, vocabulary. It's in his motto. It says, "What do you need? Guns. Lots of guns." And that reminded me of Matrix, and that's exactly what oh, he said. He said, yeah, "Guns. Totally. Lots of guns." Nice man. I bet you some of that stuff was not some of it. All of it was probably callbacks because as far uh, from what I understand this movie um you know Keanu Reeves is also a producer on it. He has he has he's a big part of this whole series. And so of course he has ideas on what we can do that kind of calls back to prior movies to kind of like be easter eggs for fans, you know. Yes, absolutely. And um so I was reading that Tiger Chen, um, the, the guy, the other guy that was in the Matrix as well, he was in Matrix Reloaded and they fought together. And so, yeah, it's it's really cool that, you know, nothing at all similar to the Matrix. I mean, like a uh, storyline or anything like that. But, you know, it, they, they're like a... Um, a bunch of friends that that make movies together. It's really really cool. Kind of like um who are the guys that make Dumb and Dumber? What were those names? Um Farley Brothers. The Farley <laughs> Brothers, yep. They they always get the same actors. Same thing as Adam Sandler. He always gets his friends in playing in the movies. It's really fun. Uh it is fun for sure. And I'm glad you pointed out that stuff cuz man, I wouldn't have uh I wouldn't have picked up on a lot of it. That's awesome. Um so getting back just to the movie, what did you what was your favorite scene of the movie? Oh man, there were so many really really good scenes. Um, honestly, I think it really comes down to the, there's two scenes that were really good. I don't have to pick one. The first one was the knife scene where they're inside of that uh, old, you know, historic place and there are knives everywhere and the way they're fighting with knives. It's a totally different change from having guns, which is super cool. Obviously, he's used up all his bullets. He doesn't have anybody helping him. He can't get more guns. And so they're just fighting with knives. Super awesome throwing them. So that's one. The other one that was really, really awesome was the motorcycle scene where they're fighting on the motorcycles. I thought that was great. But between the two, I would probably say the knife scene was probably my favorite oh that was so good that whole i don't know what you would call it just a knife museum axe you know bladed uh basically melee weapon museum it was such a cool looking place and it was really neat when when john wick's fighting the guy and they both run out of bullets or they don't have a weapon i can't remember exactly but they both look to their side and they see cabinets full of knives they start breaking windows and grabbing knives and that's when the knife throwing started and yeah you're right that scene was incredible so real and so visceral you know absolutely 
Yeah. And so I liked both of those scenes that you talked about. So I, th- th- that first knife, knife fight especially. But my favorite scene was the dog fighting scene. And not only that, well, I wouldn't say, I guess you could say dog fighting, but they're basically escaping from that one area with Halle Berry shooting just like John Wick. I'm sure she did a ton of training for this movie, along with, you know, whistling for the dogs and giving them commands and the dogs were helping out. I, I like the dog fighting escape scene as well. And, you know, Halle Berry, she did better in this role than just about any role I've ever seen her in. Do you remember her as Jinx in Die Another Day? I sure did. <laughs> oh my god. One of the worst roles ever. She did terrible then in the movie, but from my perspective, she redeemed herself with John Wick 3. She did a much better job. I think she was very believable and I read that she actually broke 3 ribs during the shooting of this movie. I believe it, man. All that stuff that she was doing, running, jumping, um shooting, sliding, all that crap. Hey, do you and I think oh, I know you do, but I'm going to ask this for the podcast audience. Do you know the podcast How Did This Get Made? Yes, I love How Did This Get Made. And so I was going to bring this up, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, so basically, um, Jason Mazzanukas, is that how you Manzukas. Manzukas. Yeah, so he's in the movie, and he's on how, or he, you know, he's part of the podcast, How Did This Get Made, where they review movies like Johnny Mnemonic and all that sort of stuff, and they you know say all their funny stuff. But he was actually joking that he would love to be cast in John Wick 3, and he actually was in John Wick 3. Yeah, he was, man. He was the guy at the very beginning who, the first bum that kind of comes out from underneath the cardboard and says, TikTok, Mr. Wick. And the same guy who later in the movie picks him up off the street and brings him back to the Bowery King. And that, of course, leads right into John Wick Chapter 4. I think they announced it yesterday or the day before. May 21st, 2021, we're going to get Part 4. Or Chapter 4, I should say. Wait, wait, 2021, not 2020? 2021, I heard. Maybe it's 2020, but... Oh, crap. That's two years yeah, away. So we're going to have to wait two years for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was bummed that John Leguizamo is not in this. He's oh. been in the first two, but yep. John, he's not in it. Yeah, there's. I guess there's no need for him. I mean, when you're going to Casablanca, you have this New York-based scrapyard guy. Yeah, what's the point, you know? Yeah. Although, yeah. well, I guess he went to John Leguizamo for help in part one and part two. You don't need to return to that same help well again. You know, go somewhere else for your help. Oh, which reminds me, he went to go see Angelica Houston in this really cool Russian orphanage ballet yeah. wrestling. We're creating hey, Russian that, villain place. No, you know that that was where Black Widow was made. I know. I was going to say that too. <laughs> yeah, we saw Black Widow in the background. Natasha exactly. was right there. She was. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet, man. I mean, wouldn't that be cool if you did a cool tie-in with the Black Widow movie that's going to come out in one or two years to John Wick, and they grew up in the same place, basically? Wow, that would be super fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he be, could man. basically be an Avenger because um, uh, Black Widow doesn't have any superpowers. So it was the same as John Wick could be an Avenger. Man, John Wick is just as dangerous than any spy out there. I mean, uh, he could definitely hold his own against the Black Widow. I would put my money on John Wick over the Black Widow for sure. Okay, so there are two parts in the movie where somebody had a chance to kill him. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Uh, you mean in the first half of the movie and the second half is basically the whole movie. Everyone no, no, had no, sorry. A chance like, to kill him. like literally not just a chance, but they had a knife to his throat or they could have oh, just. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. So the, I get it. I get what they were saying. You're like, hey, I'm we're such fans of your work, and it'd be an honor to fight you. You know, but that one time where you have the two little Chinese guys, I think they're Chinese, but um, they they basically had him, and they all they had to do was stab. Like they could have killed him right there, but they they pulled back and you know introduced themselves or whatever and talked to him and stuff. But that was one. And then the other time where um uh the bald guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy from Only the Strong, the copywriter guy. I think his character zero zero yeah so you know he had the knife to his th- or the sword to his throat he could have just you know cut him but he didn't and so th- what do you think about those two things added into the storyline well the first one with zero that was when he was on the steps of the continental right no no this was actually when they he just got done fighting the two chinese guys and oh. yeah so they, they were they started to a little bit fight but they didn't actually really get into it. But he had his knife like pointed right at his throat. All he had to do was, you know, turn his wrist and cut him. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, those can easily be Monday morning quarterbacks. I mean, you are up against, for a 14 or $15 million bounty, you are up against the world's premier assassin. He has, you've already seen him kill all of your men. So many guys, you know, I mean, why take the chance? Just kill him. Um, uh, like John Wick doesn't gloat over anything. If you deserve dying, he just kills you. He won't talk to you. He won't show you any mercy. You know what I mean? Well, I, I shouldn't say that. He does show mercy to those two guys. And you said they're Chinese. I think they're both Thai actors. And I think you can see them really do some great martial arts fighting in oh, The yeah. Raid and The Raid 2. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen those. Yeah, you've got to check them out. Uh, maybe we'll do them on the podcast one day. Super awesome, visceral fighting, hand-to-hand kind of stuff. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, those are perfect Monday morning quarterbacks. You're up against the world's deadliest assassin. Kill him when you get the chance. Well, I learned that. This is a huge lesson. When I was, what, 12 years old? Die Hard taught me that. When you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. And Thanks for yep. the advice. I learned that lesson a long time ago. So whenever I have a chance to kill somebody, I just do it. Yeah, so do I, man. Why, you know, why uh, why risk them coming back for some reprisal in the future, you know? Seriously, seriously yeah, right. Yeah, I killed a dude just the other day for looking at me wrong <laughs> at McDonald's. I had the chance, so I just took it. Yeah, man, I grabbed some french fries, stuff them down his throat, make him choke on him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you got to you, you got to be like John Lewis and John Wick and use what's at hand, you know. And and what's at hand really brings up what you talked about in the beginning about the book. Now, what was great was um, in the, uh, was it part two where he killed people with a pencil? You know, that was a f- uh, foreshadowing. Oh, he actually did kill somebody with a pencil and blah, blah, blah. And he actually does it. This shows it. This one didn't f- uh, foreshadow or talk about using a book, but using something other than a knife or a, a gun or something like that, using a book to literally beat somebody to death with. It was super cool. It was awesome. And that dude, I can't remember the character's name, um, Arnold or something like that, but he was one tall guy and Oftentimes, when you see a big, tall guy like Jaws in the 007 movies or something, you know they move quite a bit slow and they look menacing. But as soon as they start fighting, you see that they have weaknesses up the wazoo. But this guy actually appeared pretty darn competent and seemed like a a pretty good match for John Wick to take on as one of his first fights. You know, in the movie, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember Jaws being so huge and just how um, ominous it is. Yeah, I would. <laughs> but as soon as he starts moving and he takes these gigantic swings that take three seconds to to come across his body, you know that he's not. As long as you stay out of his grasp, you're pretty uh, safe against a guy like Jaws. Yeah, definitely. You mm-hmm. sure are. Now, do you know how old Keanu Reeves is? Oh, my guess is 49. 
No, he's 50 years old. Nice, man. So in two years, John Wick Part 4, he's going to be 52. He's going to be even faster. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love how much you... You can tell he does a lot of his own stunts. Now, there are some where I'm like, I know it's a stunt double just because of the angle and all that sort of stuff. Like, it's definitely a stunt double. But so many of the, of the everything that's being shot, he is doing it all himself. It's not CGI. And especially the, um, not three gun, but like just using firearms, using knives and all that sort of stuff. You can tell. Now, knives are totally different because, you know, you're throwing a, a metal. Um piece of metal that's going to be hurting somebody so a lot of that stuff cgi but when you come to the firearms like he is absolutely it looks like he's very proficient like much more proficient than i ever am or ever will be because he's trained over and over again i think he took like three months at a special shooting camp just to get so much better because it looks so real and everything that he and actually the people on the all even the stunt guys even the other guys the extras that are carrying firearms and shooting firearms they look like they know what they're doing as opposed to you know back in like the 90s where nobody looked like they knew what they're doing so i really loved how much keanu reeves really trains for this movie so you really feel like he absolutely is john wick totally him and Halle Berry as well and like you said everybody else he fights against like I remember just recently we watched Captain Marvel and you you commented how at one point she pulls her fist back to punch but her her fist is like not in line with her forearm so it looks like somebody you know trying to scare you that they're gonna punch but they don't know how um in this movie and all this entire series, these actors know what they're doing. The stunt guys know what they're doing. The directors know what they're looking for. They make sure that everything that gets on the screen looks real. And that's why, I think that's why this is hitting so hard with audiences. I mean, if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, it's amazing. A part three of an action movie, 89% critics, 92% audience. People love this across the board. That is great. I'm, I'm right there with you. So I want to bring up Something that was a little, I don't know, cliche or something that's a little kind of hokey um, was the elder or the the guy above the table or, you know, the one above the table is what they call him, the elder. What did you think about that whole scene with the elder? I, uh, the actor that played the elder, his name is Saeed something, Tog, oh, Togmu is his name. Um, I like him as an actor. I've seen him in plenty of movies. Um, Wonder Woman and stuff like that. He's a really good actor, but he felt too young to be way too young, way, way too, too now, young. Yeah, I mean, you I, need somebody of Winston's age, right? Of Ian McShane's age. I completely agree. They should have got Chris Pratt. You know, that would have been. Oh perfect. yeah, Chris Pratt. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that whole like not definitely him like the actor felt really really young it was just like kind of like he's younger than john wick now i i get it it could be like a a dynasty down from father to son exactly and you can kind of see that i get that but the whole thing like i want to see the man above the table so there's the table then there's a man above the table next you know in part four there's going to be a man above the man beyond the man above the table you know it's going to just it's going to keep going um so they totally screwed up you know who it should have been who the Dosekis guy. I can view you, him. He, he's got, he would be the perfect elder, the man above all. The Dosekis man, yeah. He would absolutely be perfect. You mm-hmm. are absolutely right. Now, you know, but like in the desert, like he so happens to be here in Casablanca, and this is where the elder above the table is and all that. I don't know. I just think 
even if there is a character like the elder, the the one above the table that calls the ultimate shots over everything, I was kind of let down at that because I was like, eh, that's cliche. Yeah. But you know, I'm I might be reading way too much into it. It just it felt a little bit like, huh? Okay, I thought the table was the ultimate, but now we know there's going to be a, another bu- guy above this guy, and then another guy above that guy, and all that sort of stuff. Maybe, maybe. I guess it kind of reminded me of the most recent James Bond, where James Bond, you know, meets the final bad guy, the very, very, very bad guy. Oh, the guy that's ahead of all of Spectre. Yes. But then I thought James Bond was absolutely ridiculous. James Bond kills literally everybody, kills every single person. But the very, very last bad guy, the number one bad guy, ah, I'm going to stop now. What? That is so stupid. Yeah, exactly. I, the guy that's been the architect of every bad thing that's happened to James Bond in the last four movies. Now you're not going to kill this guy, but you'll kill all of his henchmen. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And so, you know, I, I hope they're going to do something good with this elder, you know, and all that sort of stuff. I know um, Keanu Reeves or John Wick and um, the king, um, the, the garbage king guy. Um if they get together and they take them all on and all that sort of stuff, it'd be pretty, pretty neat. But it seems like that's the route that they're going. Totally. Seems like it. And when, um, when the adjudicator comes in and gives Ian McShane's character, Winston, seven days, gives Lawrence Fishburne seven days, right when that happened, I knew that, okay, now that the council or the table is against them, they are going to be, you know, John Wick's they're both kind of on John Wick's side, but now they're going to be even further on their side because, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of a thing. Now they're all a bigger group taking on these big baddies. Absolutely. And I thought it was super crazy when John Wick grabs that, what is it? Um, a chisel grabs that chisel and just jams, you know, jams it into the finger. No hesitation. Wow. That was super awesome. Now I just don't, here, here's my question. What was the whole purpose of going to see him when all it was was to kill, um, uh, you know, to get out, to, to continue to live, was to kill Winston? And then he goes back and doesn't kill Winston, and now he's back in the same position where he goes. It's just, I don't get it. Well, I think, so he was going to the Elder to get back in his good graces, to not have uh, bounty, you know, not to be excommunicado anymore. I think he was going to go back and he was going to kill Winston. But Winston's speech about who do you want to be when you die? Do you want to be the guy who, I can't remember his exact wording, but his speech convinced John Wick to not kill him. I really think he was going to. And then now you don't kill Winston, but now you have kind of like a somebody on your side to go up and fight against um, all these big bad guys. I, I think that's what happened there. He convinced him. Hmm. That makes sense. That does make sense. It seemed like he was 100% willing to kill Winston, which for me, I was like, it doesn't seem like something John Wick would do in general. Like he wouldn't even make that decision. I would think that he would make the decision and to get out of there to not go kill Winston. I just didn't think that John Wick, knowing everything Winston's done for him, would say, you know, I'm going to go kill him, even though he had the chance to kill me. I'm just uh, that spiteful. He didn't seem like, but anyways, we can move on from there. I wanted to bring up the fight scene in the glass uh, you know, glass structure. I thought that was very, very fun. And did you know that that glass building with the stairs and all that stuff cost $4 million to build? That's a $4 million set? Yes, absolutely. Oh my, uh, you know, 
I, I thought it would have been a real place where they just added extra mirrors and stuff. Or it was a set, but four million bucks is amazing. That that just reminds me, like, as I was watching this movie, I thought to myself quite a few times, wow, these are some beautiful set pieces. You know, the manager's office, that knife warehouse. The horse stables looked pretty cool. But then when they went to Casablanca, and I don't know what you call it, a house, a palace, I don't know what you call that thing, but when he met, him and Halle Berry met with that one guy, it was a beautiful looking courtyard, and then the Continental itself, and I guess that's where the manager's office, that glass room is, but then some of those other scenes of the Continental, just a beautiful movie in general. Yeah, cinematically, they did a fantastic, fantastic job. Now, one thing I wanted to bring up was, it seems like this movie is played like a video game. Now, track with me. So, in a video game, if it's you know, you're the main good guy. And oh, let's just pick pick a, a movie or not movie, a game like Shinobi. Or is it is it Shinobi? Was that the name of the? Yeah. Like a, uh-huh. Yeah. So Shinobi back in the 80s or 90s where you have a um, ninja going from level to level and level to level and eventually trying to get to the end. It kind of reminded me of that where John Wick goes from easy to kill bad guys. That's kind of hard. Then harder to kill bad guys that gets a little harder and then uh, he gets to some bosses now he has to kill those bosses then he goes into a next thing where these guys are a little harder than the first guys and then then he goes to the next boss and then the next boss and then the two bosses and then the ultimate boss and you just kept going on that Did, does that make sense to you Oh, totally. It does. It it tracks right in line. Uh, I I like what you're saying there. Good uh, analogy there. John Wick equals video game for sure. They probably should come out with a video game. I know that would be an excellent hit. Without a doubt, they should. Hey, oh, you know something? uh, This movie gave me my new band name. What is it? Halle Berry Backwash. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we're going to be on stage next week at the Troubadour. That's for sure. Holly Berry Backwash. That's yep. perfect, dude. It has a nice ring to it. It I, does. It I agree. does. I think everybody will be talking about Halle Berry Backwash for uh, the next few years. Halle Berry has to be like, what, 60? No. She's got to be in her late 40s or early 50s, right? Pro- she's definitely in her 50s. She's not in her 40s. She's, wow. I mean, I'm turning... Well, you're, you're 42. I'm turning 40 in... Um, shoot. A couple days. Like a couple weeks. Um, oh, she's born in 1966. So wow. plus two, so she's fifty five or fifty three, I guess. She she definitely doesn't look like well. And you brought this up a long time ago on a different movie. I can't remember which one it was, but um, movie stars nowadays they look they're they're older, but they don't look as old as back like in the fifties when they were like fifty five year olds playing a mo- in the movie. They look old, like they look like oh, it was a abyss. Like the same guy in the abyss was the same age as um, I can't remember which actor it was. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Well, yes, yes. I, I think what I said was Wilford Brimley in Cocoon was the same age as Tom Cruise's in um, the latest Mission Impossible. Movie. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> think about Wilford Brimley and Tom Cruise. Wilford Brimley looks like he's thirty or forty years older than Tom Cruise, and just they're exact same age. <laughs> but Crazy. yeah, so you have these older actors that are still doing excellent. And I mean, Holly Bailey looks as pretty as ever. I mean, she's probably had some work done, but she's looking as pretty as ever. But they are so fit. You know, even like I do Olympic lifting, where it's a clean and jerk or a snatch. I lift heavy weights and put them over my head, which I enjoy doing that but you know at 39 years old I get a little more achy than when I was 19 or 29 or you know mm-hmm. so I can only imagine how much toll these guys are putting on their bodies and they're doing a really good job uh, without a doubt they are and 
you said Halle Berry getting work. I don't think she's had any work done. I mean, if you look at any actress who's had work done on her face, you can see it almost immediately. I think she's just healthy living. She stays Probably. fit and stays active. I love that. But you know how I said earlier, Halle Berry backwash is my new band name. I have my new business idea as well from this movie. It's called Build a Gun. Absolutely. So instead of Build a Bear, you go to the mall. You got all your different gun parts right there arranged for you. You first start with the caliber of caliber of bullet you want you know you select that cartridge or or whatever that revolving thing is called and then you build everything else around it and it's all made to fit interlocking and then bam 400 bucks you have your brand new build a gun hey but you live in california it won't work there you don't you don't have freedom there so you're you right, move you're out right. Of we need to move up to canada uh i think you have even less <laughs> That's much more socialist too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta move to America. If you move to America, you'll actually be able to, you know, have some freedom. Yep. So build a gun, new business idea. You want to join me? I do. I do. I live in a perfect state for it. You know, a lot of people would actually be all for that. Sweet man. You know, when I went to Disney World, took the family there uh, earlier this year. They have. Um, in one of the parks, right after a Star Wars ride, it might have been after the Star Tours ride, you can go in and build your own lightsaber. So whatever kind of style, they had all different colors and different shapes and designs to the hilt and stuff. So, uh, you know, it works there at Disney World. It should work in Arizona as well. Build a gun. Yes, it's let, let's do it. I'm, I'm ready. Let's start. Cool beans, man. All right, so let's get, uh, you know, we'll talk more about the movie and everything, but let's get to some lessons learned. Uh, What is your first lesson learned? Never bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, I can see that, but John Wick kind of turns the tables on that one, you know? Oh, well, no, no, no. I'm not saying as John Wick. Like oh, but us fighting. going to fight John Wick. You're right. You're right. That's Yeah, that's just stupid. And yep. when Halle Berry and... Um, uh, John Wick or you know th- their characters um, when they're fighting getting out of that one guy's castle and some guys are shooting at him which is great but other guys come at him with a knife like oh come on the, the lady has two dogs and rifles like what are you doing with a knife totally I agree with you there and hey that reminds me what do you think I didn't look this up I guess you could probably find it somewhere online what do you think the body count is in this movie oh my goodness I did I should have Googleized it before, but... It kind of seems like it's less than part two. Part two seems like it had more um, total body count, but I could be wrong. Oh, man. I am going to guess 128. Maybe. Okay. How do you, we'll I mean, Google it in a minute. I haven't. I, I oh, seriously okay. haven't looked to see. I don't know if there is. There probably is somebody that did the body count, but 128 is my guess. Got it. What's okay, yours? So- um, my count would probably be, it's, it's right around there. I would say, let's, I'll go a little higher. I'd say 185. 185. Nice. So, uh, let me Googleize this real quick. Well, while, while I'm looking through this, let me tell you first before, uh, before I actually find this one, um, uh, I shouldn't be looking online while we're doing the podcast, you know, but let me give you my first lesson learned. It's go ahead and break the rules. Just be ready to suffer the consequences. So John Wick obviously knew when he killed that prior guy in part two at the Continental, he knew his life would be forfeit, but he didn't care. The guy deserved to die. Well, 
just like in real life, if you decide to go over the speed limit, you got to be prepared for a cop to possibly pull you over and give you a ticket. If you're a kid eating cookies out of the cookie jar, you've got to be prepared for your parents to ground you for a day. You know what I mean? So go ahead, break all the rules you want. Just know that there are possible consequences. There are every decision we make. There are consequences, good or bad. And so, yes, consequences. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Totally. Okay, right, so, so what my, is your... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the kill count while you're speaking, but what is your second lesson? My second lesson, if I am fighting for my life, I want the odds to be as unfair as possible and stacked in my favor with lots and lots of guns. And so, I like, if somebody breaks into my house... I don't want it to be a fair fight. Like somebody might say, oh, he shot him. He didn't have a gun. Well, the dude's in my house with a knife. I don't I don't want a fair fight. Why Why do I have to have a fair fight? He's the one encroaching on me. Why can't I just shoot him? So I want to have as unfair of a fight as possible when it's fighting for my life. Just like when John Wick went and said, I need guns, lots of guns. I agree with you there, man. Those guys are wearing body armor too. You got to go back and get those armor piercing rounds. You're right about that. Fair fight isn't when it's in your best interest and your life is on the line. Skip the fair fight. Fair fighting in a game or a sport. Totally. That's a different story. Life on the line. Different story. Uh, You want all the advantages. Oh yeah. That's why I have firearms ready so that if anybody breaks in, we are taking care of it. Totally, totally. And uh, speaking of, uh, you know, advantages, you know, I would take Halle Berry with her two dogs versus anybody with two cats at any time. So my second lesson is dogs <laughs> are better than cats. I love that. That's a beautiful lesson. I I am such a dog lover. I think cats are good for nothing and they're horrible. And so you are absolutely right. I would definitely take on somebody with two cats as opposed to two dogs. Yep, totally. <laughs> Good oh, lesson. wait. So before we get to our third lessons, I did the kill count. I found this website uh, called cinemablend.com, and they said there were a total in part three, 110 deaths with guns, two swords or knives, which doesn't sound right to me. I think that was a lot higher than that. So I don't know if I really trust. Oh, no, that's John Wick 3. I'm sorry. Part two or part three. I, I apologize. Guns, 124 deaths. Swords and knives, 32 deaths other as in a horse or a book 11 deaths for a total of 167 bodies dropped wow somebody actually counted all those up yeah they did they Very got the cool. time on their hands you know <laughs> so i would say i'm a little closer no much closer than yeah me. just yep. no not too much i mean well, you were 128 i think right mm-hmm. yeah so well as long as you went higher than me you're good you know yeah so yeah very cool and does it say how many body count in the second part in chapter yeah, two. in the second part was 110 plus two plus seven, so 119 total. Oh, this has a higher body count? Wow. Much higher, yeah. Wow, very, very cool. Awesome. So my third lesson, wait, are we on me or you? Uh, I think me. So my third lesson is always target the chinks in their armor. So no matter what you're doing, you know, I'm a poker player, right, Dust? So I am always going for, I'm trying to pay attention to my opponents. I play the player. I look for what they're doing wrong, and I try to exploit it. Same thing like John Wick in this movie, right? You have those armored guys at the very end. You know, your bullets are not going to fight or uh, shoot through their their faceplate or their chest so you're going for the neck you're going for the underarm the back of the leg that kind of a thing and of course you're using those armor piercing rounds so shoot for those chinks in their armor 
Good idea. I loved how he realized that. And he's like shooting me in the back of the neck where there's no coverage there. Mm -hmm. But um, what was great was he was using the firearms and he's still shooting them because it'll hurt the people. You know, they'll they'll, they'll kind of flinch and it'll hurt them. So it'll give them a chance to get away in order to be able to actively kill them in certain ways. So, yeah, I thought that was really, really fun to watch somebody with advanced body armor. Totally loved it as well. Cool. I love the shotgun too. Bring out the shotgun, blowing people away. If you have a slug that has a point to it, it will literally, I mean, it's literally a marble, like the size of a marble of metal with a point on it flying at you. It's going to destroy any barter armor you have. Without a doubt. Very cool. Okay. So my third lesson is Parabellum. If you want peace, be ready for war. That's absolutely something that I hold to. I want to make sure that I'm going to be, my family's going to be safe, that we're going to be taken care of and protected. And so I have plenty of firearms. I have plenty of ammunition. Um, I'm basically just ready as best as I can um, so that if there's any problems, I'd rather not need it and have it than not have it and need it. You know, because... If in the end you need a firearm to protect your family and you don't have it, I would much rather have it be where I'm erring on the side of caution or on the side of protecting my family because that's the number one ultimate most important thing for me is protecting my family. So I am ready as best I can for anything to come at me. I love that. You're absolutely right. That is a great lesson to take for for life and from this movie, of course. Um so I want to give you my Monday morning quarterback, and I think it's one of the best ones I've ever come up with. I know uh, last movie or a few movies ago, I came up with a really good one, but um, um, this is a good one. So you're at the Bowery. You work for the Bowery King. What you should have done was call in six, seven days later when the time is up at the Bowery. <laughs> yep. Sorry, guys, I'm not coming in. I've got the flu. I've got a chest cold. Um, I'm barfing all day long, and um, I'll be in tomorrow, though, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then when zero comes in with his ninja assassins you're safe that's perfect i love that cool so my monday morning quarterback basically comes down to just what i already said uh, just like die hard you learn from movies if you have a chance to kill someone don't hesitate so they should have killed john quick when they had a chance yeah they should have i agree with you there there was a lot of chances and, and not only like when you have the chance but why are you coming at john wick close quarters with a knife or a sword or whatever you should be with a gun standing back preferably with a rifle with a lovely scope on it you know and so here's my second monday morning quarterback is everybody sees john wick running through the streets you're gonna get 14 million dollars or now 15 million dollars who cares if you get seen with a rifle and you see John Wick running, and you shoot him in the head when he's running. I would absolutely do that. And that's what something that I was thinking was, all you need is a decent rifle. It has a decent scope that's zeroed in. It's going to hit its mark. I mean, I have my scope zeroed in at 200 yards, where I know that I can hit easily hit within like maybe a two-inch group. So if you, you know, spread your fingers apart two inches, I can hit in that in two, um, uh, at 200 yards away. John Wick will never see me coming. And so I, that, that's something that in all these movies, if you had somebody that's like uh, Mark Wahlberg from Shooter, if he's there, pff, he just needs a 22 with the bottle on, or a 22, or a two-liter bottle on top, on top of it, and John Wick's done. So that's another little, uh, my Monday morning quarterback, definitely get a rifle and shoot him from far away. Yep, absolutely. I agree with you there. Uh, what is your prop from this movie? I really like the marker. 
I think that is super cool. Now, I like the swords and everything, but, you know, kind of their swords in lots of movies. But I think the marker is something that would be very, very iconic. You know, hey, this is the marker from that, that uh, John Wick gave to Holly Berry. It's got their blood on it. Here you go. That's a nice one, man. I, I do like it. And I thought about that for myself. But my boys and I, we play chess occasionally. And in the manager's office, that beautiful glass office and stuff, there's an awesome looking chess set with pieces designed in a way i've never seen before i'll take that chess set that is cool yes that's a great great one i remember you built me a table that's has a board that flips up in the center basically the center of this table it's like a coffee table flips up and there's a spot that holds all the chess pieces and there's on the top as you flip it over there's a chess board it's super awesome now my kids were kind of getting a little too ruddy with it rowdy with it so until they get older i have it stored at dad's house which is great because you know we can hang out there and play there but uh yeah chess is great and that's a great great thing to take away Yep, 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 yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you remember that table. I'm, <laughs> you you got to pick it up next time you come into town and bring it home to your kids and teach them to play chess, right? That's a good... Or at a minimum, I, checkers, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, they know checkers. Chess is super awesome. I mean, it really makes you think hard. And so I remember there was a time I was playing quite a bit of chess and learning different moves, learning different strategies, but I've since lost. I forgot all that stuff. Yeah. But um, chess is a really, they call it the game, a game of kings, and you have to have a really strong mind in order to play that and do it well. Without a doubt, you do. Alrighty, so um, I think we've talked about just about everything I wanted to cover. What about you, Dust? Did we miss anything? What? Well, you didn't miss this, but I wanted to bring it up. 25 minutes. Can you think of what I mean? No. Was that the final battle scene? No, you're getting really close. It's at okay. the beginning of the... Well, I'll just go ahead and say it. 25 minutes of trailers in this stupid movie. Probably Are you kidding? The, no, I'm not kidding. 25 minutes of trailer. Then they have that, you know, uh, turn off your cell phones thing and all that sort of stuff. So it was literally like 28 minutes after the start time. So it started at 1230. It wasn't until one o'clock that it actually started. I was like, I, I was literally sitting because we don't watch trailers. I sat outside of the, uh, just waiting, just waiting. Is it over yet? No, another trailer. Oh my goodness. And 25 minutes plus the ending. I think it was like 28 minutes. It was horrible. That your, your theater is freaking terrible, man. I, I, my showing started at 10 a.m. I got there at 10 five. Walked in, walked into the movie, and they were showing one more trailer. So I walked out, walked down the hallway to look at some movie posters and stuff. Um, saw the poster for the upcoming Hobbs and Shaw. I'm looking forward to that movie. I walked back in, and then they had that little popcorn soda thing. I sat down, and then got right to the movie. It must have been like 15 minutes of trailers maximum. So that's a bummer for you, man. They're wasting yeah. your time there. Oh, my goodness. Well, I just know to show up 15 minutes late. Yeah. And so that's just the way to, but I do believe it is with the new releases. They put extended one. Cause like I went and watched Avengers Endgame again, my third time watching it. And I showed up late knowing they were going to have trailers. But when I showed up, I showed up like 15 or 20 minutes late. And when I showed up, cause I already had my seat, I, it, it had already started. So it was already playing. So I think it's just because it's a new release. They got so many people in there. Let's go ahead and pack it with, you know, trailers, gotcha. make money. Yeah, it makes sense. What a pain, though, man. Um, oh, one last thing, though. I really liked, we finally get to see Lance Reddick. He's the concierge of the hotel. He actually gets involved in the action, picks up a gun, and starts shooting some of these guys. He's defending the hotel right alongside John Wick. Absolutely. And you could tell anybody in this line of work has to be smart and has to have abilities to do that, have to have special skills, you know, like with the bow staff or something like that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I just love seeing him. I, I've always liked Rant Lance Reddick in any movie I've, or TV show I've seen him in, you know. But, uh, uh, oh, you know, the final thing we forgot to discuss. What is your grade for this movie? I, you know, because I think it's, it might be because I have, um, not when say higher expectations, just a, the, the story isn't as, um, new and fresh as like part one or part two part two was definitely much more fresh and much more you know new things learning i give it an a b plus because i it it just wasn't as uh, it was very exciting the story wasn't as strong as i would like it to have been but um i so i give it a b plus I agree with you there. Uh, the story, yeah, not as strong. It's not as fresh, but the action was so good. I guarantee, I don't know if I'll go see it again in the theaters, but I will see it plenty of times probably. I might end up buying it on DVD or on Amazon. So I gave it an A. Nice. Yeah, yeah I agree. I really did enjoy I, it. I, I think, it, it. I mean, it's almost an A for me, but just because of those nuances, I brought it down to a B plus. I can understand that. Alrighty, so before we move on, any last things? That's it. Cool beans. So this was your choice. And right at the beginning of this podcast, you mentioned uh, a movie I haven't seen in like 10 years. You mentioned The Matrix. And given that there's nothing exciting for me in theaters next week, I'm not really wanting to see Aladdin or anything, the live action Aladdin. Um, I think we should cover The Matrix, the first part, Matrix Part 1 next week. What do you think about that? Yes, I was hoping you are going to say that because just... See, like reminiscing all the stuff about Matrix. Matrix was groundbreaking when it came out. Watching it for that, that for the very, very first time, all the cinematic, no, groundbreaking cinematically, but then also story-wise, everything was so groundbreaking. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we're going to do it. And also reminiscing all of this show with John Wick 3, reminiscing of the Matrix. I am stoked to do the Matrix. Cool beans, man. You know, I've always been a fan of Keanu Reeves. A lot of people have talked about him being a bad actor and they don't like his movies. I can't think of a single Keanu Reeves movie other than maybe some of that drama kind of stuff he's done. Anything action or comedy, I've always been a big fan of his. Well, what do you think about Johnny Mnemonic? Uh, that was a fun movie when I watched it back in the 90s, but I watched it again recently because you had just mentioned it with the um, that other podcast, How Did This Get Made? They covered it within the past couple of years. I watched it again, and I did not like it. So, like I said, most movies of his are great. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And one I really want to watch is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure Part Three. It's going to be, I think it's called like Face the Music or something like that. So I'm super looking forward to the next Bill and Ted's. Me too, man. And wait, so it's, I, I didn't hear, it's officially been announced? I believe so, yes. For, uh, at least I've seen lots of things talking about it. Not the title, I think the title is something like, you know, Face the Music or something like that. But yes, they're definitely doing. And both characters, Keanu Reeves and whoever the other guys that played in Lost Boys. Alex um, Winters. There you go. They are both on board for it. Nice, man. I'm so I'm looking forward to it just like you. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And of course, you know how we feel about John Wick. We want to hear your thoughts. So please visit our show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 49. Leave a comment, view our life lessons. We actually have the official trailer embedded right there for you as well. Alrighty then, this has been Sky. And this is Dusty. And we will return next week with The Matrix. The Matrix.